Hello and welcome. This is Gartkosh and Glenboig Parish Church's service for Sunday the 23rd of August. I'm Dave Slater and I'm delighted we can join in worship together. Parts of today's service are also going out to our friends in Campsie Parish Church, Lennoxtown, and we look forward to welcoming their minister, the Reverend Dr Jane Denniston, next week to contribute to our service. As ever, links for downloading the order and notices are in the descriptions on Facebook and Podbean. For our Facebook Lives, a Sunday cuppa and chat will be at 4pm, but please note that next Sunday, the 30th, cuppa and chat will be a little earlier, probably 3.45, finishing around 4.15pm. Part of the reason for that is I've been invited to conduct a Thanksgiving and Blessing service for a family in the village that afternoon. It will be in the garden and will be carefully distanced while we're doing that. Uh, we also will go live on Wednesday for our Hopefully praise and prayer on 7.30pm. You'll be aware that I'd announced meetings this last week. Sadly, the Glen Boyg session and board members meeting had to be postponed, but we will reorganise that soon. Praise be to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. No matter what we go through, the call to those who follow God is to give praise, first, last and always. Maybe your week has had its ups and downs. I know mine has. But nonetheless, even in the difficult times, let's praise God. We sing our first song asking for help to see, hear, share and understand God's word and his truth. Open my eyes. Spirit 
divine. Open my mind that I may read more of thy love, word and deed. What shall I fear while yet thou dost lead? Only for light from thee I plead. Silently now I wait for thee, ready my God thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, Spirit divine. Let's join together in prayer. Dear Lord God, in the story of Moses' birth, we read of a change of circumstance for the descendants of Jacob in Egypt, of an enslaving pharaoh, of difficult back-breaking work, and of attempts to get rid of the Hebrew boys. We read of the circumstances that led to Moses' mother leaving him in a basket in the River Nile to be found by Pharaoh's daughter. And through those circumstances you raised up an unlikely leader, one from Hebrew stock with royal upbringing, one who hated injustice but fought it in the wrong way initially, one who rejected the idea of speaking up for his people, yet ultimately led them and did his most significant work in the latter parts of his life. What does that story say to us today? We might look at it through the lens of one of the later psalms written by or for David and used by pilgrims heading up to Jerusalem. If the Lord had not been on our side. If God had not been on Moses' side, would he have accomplished all that he did? If God had not been with Jesus, he could not have been our great Redeemer. If God were not with us, we would not continue to be the Church. So this morning we give thanks for you, God, for your presence with us. Help us to open our eyes, to see with the eyes of faith, to remember and notice where you have been with us in the past to recognise you, hear you in our circumstances, however unlikely we think it, to trust in your presence with us as we go into the future, however difficult or challenging or unpromising. We thank you for your great love for us, your sacrifice on our behalf, your mercy for our mistakes and wrongdoing. Help us to accept and recognise the clean slate you give us each day. Thank you for your plans for us, May we turn our heads to hear your still small voice saying, This is the way. In the words of the psalmist, let us not be engulfed by the flood. Let us escape from our traps, or let us go through our dark valleys, saying boldly, Our help is in the name of the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. For we pray, in and through the name of Jesus who taught his disciples a pattern of prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I actually forgot to mention in the service last week that this past week was to be a week of prayer for church and country. 
organised by the moderator. However, I did share online and perhaps you were able to tune in to the daily morning reflections or join one of the evening Zoom gatherings with different guests or at the very least watch back the recordings of those gatherings. And if you didn't and you do have access to YouTube, there's no reason why you can't go back onto the Church of Scotland YouTube channel and use them this week or in the future. We continue accepting donations for Copebridge Food Bank and you can still leave donations at 102 Lochend Road, Gartkosh, or let us know if you want something picked up. We understand those who may not be in a position to do so, but those who wish can hand in their offering envelopes to the Treasurer or request our bank details to make a transfer or set up a standing order. If there's anyone who wants to find out about becoming a church member, let me know so I can arrange some preparation classes. I know many will be wishing to know when we're planning to resume in-person worship in the building. And following the recent meeting for Gart Kosh, it's our intention to work towards opening, but a lot depends on having people who are willing to help. Now, due to advice, those who are older and have significant health challenges, or both, are recommended not to attend, and no one should feel under any pressure to volunteer or to attend if they're in those situations. I can't stress that strongly enough. However, we will be glad to hear of anyone who would be free to volunteer, either in preparing the building for worship or to take on stewardship, cleaning and other roles in a service. So please contact me if this is something you're comfortable with taking part in. Glenn Boyg unfortunately had to postpone their meeting and will rearrange in due course, but in any case, for both congregations, a podcast or audio service is intended to continue in some way. Birthdays. The only one I've got connected with our congregations is Will Liggett. Happy birthday, Will. But I'm sure many of our folk have had birthdays. Maybe you're not on Facebook, or at least your birthday isn't. And if you want to send in a birthday shout-out, even if it's retrospective, let me know and I can include it. But we can also do anniversaries today. So a happy anniversary to Gordon and Esther Finlay. And also, I'd better say, happy anniversary to my wife, Catherine. I've seen an awful lot of other anniversaries showing up on Facebook in recent weeks. So if it has been yours, or is about to be yours, then a very happy anniversary. I'd ask you to continue to keep the family and friends of Craig Burrell in your thoughts and prayers, and all those who mourn or who are going through illness. Thanks in advance to Rona McDermott for today's reading. And if you're listening to this on the phone or as a podcast while doing something else, you may just want to keep listening. But if you are online, and if you wish, then after Rona has done the reading, you could pause and click through onto the video link of me giving the reflection before coming back to the rest of this service. It's entirely up to you. Thanks, Rona. Today's reading is from Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Peter's Confession of Christ When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Who do people say I am? In today's culture, at least among some, there is a tendency to be concerned about what others are saying about you, about your appearance. Some would say this is the era of the selfie, the self-taken photograph with your device's front-facing camera, or at least uh, describing a photo of yourself, perhaps in certain places or with certain people, even if you don't take it yourself. But some people have always been concerned with how they look. At least if they had the wealth, the ultimate goal was often to have a portrait painted for the great and the good. We see many of them in our galleries and stately homes to this day. And other than Cromwell's famously reported comment, paint me warts and all, usually the portrait painters would apply improving touches, the equivalent of an Instagram filter or Photoshop, perhaps. Who do they say I am? How do I appear to others? It's still a concern for many, myself included, while some others perhaps go through life not bothering about their reputation amongst others, at least not to the same extent. However, I don't think Jesus was necessarily worried about what people were saying about him, more giving a lead-in question to assessing how his closest followers were getting on and working out who he was. At any rate, that is what his current conversation turned out to be, with outspoken, impulsive Peter on this occasion hitting the nail on the head, with God's inspiration, rather than putting his foot in his mouth. Who do you say I am? We're in the aftermath, at least as Matthew records it, of a sequence of acts, including miraculous provision to thousands of people, twice, and then uh, walking on the surface of liquid water, healing a foreign woman's daughter, and then being asked by the religious leaders, both the establishment Sadducees and the devout legalist Pharisees, being asked by them for a sign. No wonder if Jesus were to feel a little peeved that the signs he had done were ignored, discounted, disbelieved. His own disciples had just missed the point, thinking his comments on yeast and bread were about their forgetting to bring food, rather than warning them against the teaching that the priests and lawyers gave. Yet, in this background, Peter still manages to hit the bullseye. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, You are the one who was prophesied and promised. You are the one who can do such things that surely you must be God's son. And in return, Peter is told that this impulsive and sometimes fallible disciple will be the rock, more solid even than Dwayne Johnson, who will be a foundation of a church, a gathering, a movement that will not be disrupted even by the world of death. We sometimes translate gates of hell or of Hades, But whether we take a more Jewish or Greek or Christian view of what this place was, the point is even death would not prevail against it. And also telling him that Peter would have a spiritual authority. And yet, despite his realisation, it wasn't time yet to tell far and wide. The disciples had to keep it quiet. Because others simply saw Jesus as a successor of John the Baptist and eccentric perhaps proclaiming repentance, or a prophet, maybe even the greatest of the prophets, returned from history to call people back to God, or to enact lived parables about God. From here on in, there was still much to go through, Peter plummeting from those heights to being labelled Satan for unknowingly trying to divert Jesus from his path, 
the transfiguration where Jesus would be seen alongside those two great Jewish figures, Moses and Elijah, and plenty more healing, teaching and encounters with authorities. But it does make me ask, who do people say Jesus is today? Who do you say he is? A prophet? That's still a description given to him, notably by those who follow Islam. Christians sometimes object to that on the basis that it's not giving him full recognition as God's son, pulling him down to a level with various others in Jewish history and Islamic tradition. Yet we in Christianity recognise Jesus' office and calling as a prophet, telling forth God's truth, though people do not always respond or turn back to God. A holy man, well, what do we mean by that? Holy comes from a word that can mean set apart, different, and if spoken positively, usually means that we see someone as substantially different and better than we are. A good teacher, well, we know we have plenty of these in our schools and colleges, though Jesus is distinguished often as a good moral teacher. On a level, then, you might wonder, with someone like Aesop, the Greek fable writer or gatherer, but we can't just reduce Jesus to the level of someone who had a good number of stories and proverbs to his name, even though they illustrated good ways to live and moral points. Famously, C.S. Lewis said there were only three ways to assess Jesus, as liar, lunatic or lord. Either he was telling the truth in his claims to be divine, or he was knowingly deceiving, or unknowingly deceiving because of his own mental health. While there are responses to Lewis's claim that these are not the only possibilities, it's certainly a persuasive argument for many. We can't simply say prophet or good moral teacher or holy person if we take seriously the times when he declared himself the fulfilment of prophecy or applied the divine name I am to himself or, as in our passage, agreed with those who described him as divine or as God's son. So, what of us today? Who do we say that Jesus is? And more urgently, what will we then do about it? If we say Jesus is a good moral teacher, even the best moral teacher, are we devoting ourselves to spreading that teaching as far and as wide as we can? If we describe him as holy, are we seeking to emulate that holiness, that right living, as best we can? If we say he's a prophet, are we responding to his prophetic call to follow him, to get back to God, to bring justice, to deny self? And if we say he is Lord, are we living in a way that demonstrates we put him first over our governments or our families or our opinions and views, our jobs, our hobbies? This week has been a week of prayer for church and nation as led and encouraged by the Right Reverend Dr Martin Fair, this year's moderator. Perhaps you've had a chance to tune in to the morning reflections or participate in the evening Zoom meetings. If not, you can still go back on the Church of Scotland YouTube channel and social media and use the reflections as times to pause during this week. This is an opportunity. As we have been on pause in our church buildings, as we have been doing things differently in our online and virtual worship settings, it's a chance to pause, to take stock, to listen to God, to work out what church will look like afterwards. Not just through the completion of risk assessments, the taking of preventative measures and applying new processes to avoid virus transmission, though all these are important, but what will it look like in the future? 
A church that sells good moral teaching may be out of fashion and favour in a world that often seems to be going down the road of self first and what individuals feel to be right coming above all else. A church that calls for holiness may be struggling when the public standard seems mostly to be stay out of trouble, look after your families, enjoy yourself where you can. Again, not bad things to do, but surely there's much more to life. But a church that points to God, calls people back to God and indeed shows people God in the person of Jesus and in the acts of mercy, loving kindness, you might say, and grace that we should represent who Jesus is. That, I believe, is a church worth building and being part of. Not to say we're not already doing these things, but let's redouble and renew our efforts. Let's take this time of pause to be one where we can truly reflect on what we want to be, where we need to change, and who we say Jesus is to ourselves, to each other, and to the world around us. In Jesus' name, Amen. We move into our prayers for others. Let us pray. Dear God and loving Heavenly Father, we bring you our prayers and concerns this day. May the week of prayer be something that reignites and encourages the whole church to pray, to take time to pause and consider what God is saying to us at this time. We pray for your church, particularly here in Glenboig and Gartkosh in our different stages of considering what needs done in order to resume in-person worship and when that will be possible. Help us as we go through risk assessments and checklists and help us not to put people under pressure. We also pray for our friends at Campsie Parish, Lennoxton, with connections from when I helped to guide them through vacancy a few years ago and of course from when George Kelly was placed with us as part of his training for the readership. Bless him in his role as Clark and bless Jane, their minister, as she shares with us next Sunday. We pray for our world, with leaders at different levels and in different countries trying to deal with easing restrictions, flare-ups and hotspots, differing regulations and timing for different sectors of society. We pray too that as well as the ongoing fight with Covid, there will be opportunity taken to work on the other issues that are always there, of poverty, injustice and oppression. We think of those who have been laid off from their jobs, those who the downturn in the economy will hit hardest. We pray for safety for those who undergo violence in their own homes, for support for people whose families are far away or unable to help, courage for those who are despairing and don't know where to turn. And we think of ourselves and those known to us who need your healing and help, particularly at this time remembering Betty MacDonald who's been in hospital, also Barbara Miller's dad and Glen Mavis. We pray on for a recovery for David McCarroll and Bill Geddes. We take a moment too to call to mind our own friends and families who have been ill and all those who in these times need to isolate again at the onset of a new cough or temperature before a test says that they're negative, which we trust that it does. Let's take some time to think of those people. Lord, give us strength and courage to not be focused on self, but to help others as part of the answers to these our prayers. Help us to know and recognise and declare who you are, the Christ, the Son of the living God. We pray in your name. Amen. And now let's sing again, praying that Christ be in and around us every day. Christ be beside me.
Christ be beside me, Christ be before me, Christ be behind me, King of my heart. Christ be within me, Christ be below me, Christ be above me, never to Christ on my right hand, Christ on my left hand, Christ all around me, shield in the strife. Christ in my sleeping, Christ in my sitting, Christ in my rising, light of my life. Christ be in about me, Christ be in all tongues telling of me, Christ be the vision in eyes that see me, in ears that hear me, Christ ever be. Thanks to Tom, who was willing and able to play, but due to my mistake and our isolation, we weren't able to record this week. We do have him playing the blessing song. Thanks also to Rona. Find your strength in the Lord, in his mighty power. Go out, not to be self-focused, but focused on sharing Christ, prophet, holy man, teacher, and divine saviour. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you, and remain with you and those you love, and those you're called to love, today and always. Amen. We sing our blessing song, Go Now in Peace. <laughs>